on this episode. If anything, we should be inspired. We gotta find out a way to monetize this this podcast. I'm like, look, hey, if you want it for free, just send us uh some like blood diamonds or something. I don't hey, know. Hey, we're almost capsules. <laughs> you gotta have something, man. Yeah. Start coming up with just your plan. Don't send us Diet Pepsi because only one of us likes it. Can you imagine off brand Diet Pepsi? Oh my goodness. Like the Kroger brand Diet Cola? <laughs> I'd rather be waterboarded. I, pro- I probably <laughs> would too, to be honest. I'm kind of a snob with that. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Country for Middle-Aged Men. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and these are my co-hosts, Juan Smith and Adam, Adam Radloff. Just jumping, <laughs> in, jumping in a little bit there. <laughs> he almost forgot his name. Got a little wow, excited. I was, waiting for you, I was waiting for you to have some snarky-ass shit to say, and then like he just said, like, here, like, here they are. <laughs> well, like, I, is that apple juice or pee in a Gatorade bottle that uh, you're drinking? Uh, all right, just, so this is like a... Like a ooh. An off-brand emergency, like those like uh, vitamin C heavy powders oh, okay. you put in drinks. Okay. But yeah. I got it and it was like more expensive. Like, I shouldn't say off-brand. It was like a more expensive version. I didn't yeah. realize it was for like pre-workouts and it oh. tastes like shit. Oh yeah. Don't get it. So, so get, are you, you working a- out? Is that a real question? Yeah, I have a real question. <laughs> if you get a post-workout one, it tastes better? Look, the one thing I was excited about for the quarantine is that I could be like, oh, I can't go work out. I need to go COVID. That was the yeah. one good thing. And uh, so, yeah, no, I'm taking advantage of that as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, for, in my mind That's for a funny. second, I thought he was saying like he really missed working out. No. And I was like, I hate, I hate working <laughs> out. This has been the best excuse ever. Like, Exactly. I got a gym membership just before COVID hit too. Dude, you'll and, probably get uh, your money back. Oh, they didn't charge us for a couple of months. I think they just started charging again. And I yeah. think it's open. It's got to be closing soon though. So I'm going to just go ahead and cancel. I think it's my like $25 a month fat tax. <laughs> That's great. I'm not sure if my gym's open, but I'll find I, out soon. <laughs> I've been working out inside my place because I was going to go running, but it's just too hot. It is hot as fuck. It, is like the last couple of days, it was a hundred degrees with 90% humidity. And actually on Sunday, I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I got dressed, got my running gear on, put my brand new running shoes on, walked outside and I'll turn right back around. I was like, Nope, too hot. Yeah, I did. I <laughs> that did was similar, like nine I was going to go for a walk, but similar situation. <laughs> and then I was like, nah, I'll wait till it's like the sun's down. And then I went out like around seven, eight and then I was like, still too hot. And then I stayed on the couch and watched Netflix all day. That was a good choice. That's I just worked out inside then. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it inside. I'm, I'd rather be in a controlled air because it's just it's just ridiculous. I would have probably had heat stroke. Is there any like uh, science or I'm sure there is research behind it. Do you get as good of a workout if you're like at a gym that has really good AC or you have like fans blowing on you versus being like in a hot like warehouse um, thing where you're sweating I your ass off? 
I'll be honest with you. I don't know the science behind it, but I do know that when I've done hot yoga, like especially with Tamika when she teaches, because it's always like 120 degrees when she, I mean, what? I'm not exaggerating. It's super hot. But the thing is, is I always feel like I get the best workouts when I do a hot yoga class with her because I feel like I just sweat out everything, but you're not doing like anything super intense with a hot yoga class. It's not like you're running three miles. Yeah. That's so what it's I'm like a different is, kind of workout. It, does the workout come from the sweating or the, the weight loss come from the sweating or from the actual movement and do know. you need that's, both because if i could like i would say work it's a out while comfortable that'd be awesome yeah. here's the I, thing. Hate, I just don't like it, i'm not a big fan of sweating if you're hot and you're not moving as much right but yeah. it also takes more energy to move when it's uncomfortable like that why are we talking so about this i apologize for this rabbit hole <laughs> I just realized that none of us know what the fuck we're talking about. You can't start those rabbit holes, man. It after took Juan to fucking snap me out of it. I was like, wait, what are we talking about? I can go deeper. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> about 10 more minutes when this fully peaks, I can definitely go deep. Oh, my God. He has not even begun to peak. Nope. <laughs> uh, real quick, before we get into everything, you can find us on facebook.com slash no country podcast. We're also on Instagram at no underscore country underscore podcast. We're also on Twitter at podcast underscore country. You can email us at no country podcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 346-291-0050. And once again, I want to thank you, send a thank you out to Marte and Amber over at helps Two. If you need marketing, hit them up at helps com. So yeah, as as I said earlier, uh, we ha- I had a listener actually send me a message and then be like, hey, can I have your phone number so I can call you? And I was like, yeah, sure. That's why how not? it starts. So then they were like, straight up, they were like, so I just want to tell you that Juan is full of shit. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And they were like, while like Detroit definitely has its bad areas and there's like the bad parts of town and the abandoned factories and stuff, they're like, Detroit is actually uh, on its way up. And I was like, and then he said, you know, he said, we're at the very, very beginning of on the way up. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, so GM is refitting their Hamtramck factory to build zero emissions cars. So all electric cars. And they're also working on uh, doing a completely self-driving car too. And he also said that that the self-driving cars are coming sooner than we would expect. And he's like, it'll definitely happen in your lifetime. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And then he said, the proof for that is, is downtown in a, uh, in Detroit, there's the bus system downtown. They're all self-driving buses already. They've been working with Google. And then also the Google now is doing Yeah, it's testing. easy to help self-driving cars when there's absolutely nobody on the road. <laughs> <laughs> these bitches better have all-terrain tires and good suspension, too. For yeah, these wait, was, this, was this fan named Mike Dugan, or mayor Mike? of Detroit? It's actually it's somebody, that works, <laughs> it's somebody that works in City Hall. So, Oh, no, they wouldn't have a bias opinion at all. <laughs> exactly but, but uh, it sounds they, like a commercial for detroit <laughs> it was actually pretty informative though and i was like well that's interesting and yeah um you know i thought that was really cool the they said the new factory free jam is going to be all uh, powered by only uh sustainable energy so you know it's going to be zero emissions factory producing zero well emission i would cars. be glad to be wrong if you are so i'm you know all power to it 
Well, yeah, I was like, and I think uh, he also made a good point of like, you know, if, if Tesla can do it, then other people can. And I was like, that's, you know, I was like, I think that is a good thing. People hopefully are starting to see that Elon Musk is like, Hey, you know, this is the way of the future, you know, more people. Are Cause I think the future, board. I think Detroit, <laughs> if you're thinking well, the way literally the was... polar opposite of what people think about Detroit. Well, the way things no, are going, that's... we're heading toward an apocalyptic world, so. We're ready. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> like, I think the idea is what Freddie said for like the car companies and then for the government of Detroit is they realize that Detroit is going nowhere. And if the electric car and uh, automated cars take off, they want at least part of that to come from Detroit rather than just miss out on it. Well, that does make logical well, sense. That's going to be on them. Like, yeah. You, what do you want the, the government to hand that out to you? If they, if, if they think that's possible, start a company that does it. Yeah. So I think good luck getting investment. But don't pay, don't, don't make a mistake of overpaying your workers to death either, because you're just gonna end up right back where you were. <laughs> yeah. Well, Is the overpaying thing- your workers or oh, working. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, there were people. I, I'm not even gonna get started, dude, because it's just an opinion, and I'm not here to offend anyone. It's a comedy podcast. What? So, since, you know. since when? Yeah, <laughs> the last two episodes, you've been like offending fifty percent of the group. Yeah. Wow, really? Only 50%? there's gonna be a bald comment in the next twenty minutes, or I'm gonna fucking monkey's uncle. <laughs> <laughs> See, and then you said monkey, and I'm just picturing him with his little bald head and his arms. Oh my god, am I that bad? <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> well, we really don't really don't mean to offend we want to offend them in the way that we get offended at each other when we share on each other and we go we damn and then you go nicely said <laughs> nicely played. yeah you know it's like yeah well. exactly it's just a good burn on uh, other people absolutely loosen up society <laughs> yeah there's, now, we're there's not trying thing? to be particularly pc i mean I, I, as you know i probably touched the fringes and maybe been edited on in a few but you know, <laughs> I'm still yeah, gonna be me. I mean, if you if you hate me, get me off. <laughs> Wait, no, I don't mean that. Literally, <laughs> wow, that's it. The wow. cameras are going up. Can't can't take it. If you're gonna uh, get them off, you better be hot because we all know that. Uh, yeah, we know from last episode Juan. that Juan's very selective. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> nothing below a ten. <laughs> hey, no words, Juan. <laughs> And a good evening. Fuck you both. <laughs> <laughs> Can we pick yeah. a topic, please? Yeah. No, actually, we'll uh, get into that after we get Juan sweating a little bit more and uh, stuttering a bit more. That's what I always enjoy doing. <laughs> Is there more? <laughs> no, there's. So actually, uh, today we're going to do something a little bit different. So after, over the past year, I've discovered and researched a bunch of different topics that I thought were really cool, but they couldn't make up a whole episode for the show. So I thought, you know what, I'll just put them, you know, six or seven of them together in one episode to make, you know, one full episode because I thought, or the, I mean, I could have done like several mini episodes, but that's just not my style. So Dude, I swear, that looks like you picked up a bottle of urine on the side of the freeway. I will say the color is not great. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I asked, is it apple juice? It's just it doesn't looks- taste good either. No, yeah. it, it, the thing I, that made me mm. wonder was like that. No color of Gatorade looks like that. No, no it, it straight bottle. up looks like pee. Like it's just, <laughs> and like y'all, and, y'all don't have and the kind where you desk? look at it and you go, oh man, you need to drink some water. Like, oh, I get it. It's Adam's new fetish. Look, in this day and age, <laughs> if you're oh wasting... God. Any electrolytes? That's on you. Yeah, don't be sh- don't piss shame me. It's all, it's all COVID. COVID did it in G five. 
five. It's one of those kind of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, shaming people podcasts. Uh, so, <laughs> so the first topic today, or I should say, the first story, the first topic, the first uh, person of interest is uh, Votek the Bear. Have you ever heard of Votek the Bear? Is that the one that was in the military? Yep. So. Yeah. There is a group of uh, Polish soldiers and civilians who had been deported by the invasion of the Soviet Union in World War II in 1939, and they made their way to Iran by 1942. That's a long ways. Uh, but uh, a local boy found a bear cub whose parents had been shot by hunters. And so the 18-year-old niece of one of the Polish generals became very fond of the bear and prompted one of the lieutenants to purchase the bear. From this Wait, kid. if he was fond of the bear, why wouldn't he purchase the bear? No, the, the niece of the general did. Oh, okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. And so... So she, a she, super dangerous present, but go yeah, on. Yeah, so she wanted it, but I guess... I mean, they're, I mean, I don't know any Polish people, so I mean, maybe that's kind of a thing for them. Dangerous pets. But so for three months, she took care of the bear, and then she donated the bear to the 22nd Artillery Supply Company of the Polish uh, Army. What dipshit yeah. in the army was like, yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, like how trained exactly. could this bear be? It's a bear, man. I mean, how <laughs> serious is this military taking themselves? Like, well, uh, yeah, it is we'll the Polish. Yeah, it is bear. the Polish. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I don't want to make stereotypes here, but uh, that seems to be a trend. Yeah. So the, the soldiers of the company named him Wojtek, which in Polish means happy warrior. So as a cub, Wojtek had trouble swallowing. So they fed him milk with a vodka bottle. Very Polish. Nice. And, and so then the soldiers also rewarded him with beer, cigarettes, and coffee. And beer was his favorite drink. He would smoke and eat the cigarettes, which sounds disgusting. Waste not, want not. Yeah, I mean, he was a bear, though. So he would also sleep with the men and was trained to behave like a soldier. And he was taught to walk on his hind legs and salute like a soldier and then march with the rest of the company. So since he was raised around humans, he attempted to imitate everything that the soldiers did. And there's actually, I found pictures of this, which is pretty crazy. There's videos of... um like the soldiers wrestling him and playing with him. I was like, there's no way I would wrestle like a full grown bear. Like this bear was huge. It was domesticated like early on. It's like yeah, an elephant, it, right? Like there's, you can play with an elephant yeah, I mean, they could I, probably kill you or crush you, but right. But if you trade him from early on to understand like pain and like, Oh, this is hurting me. I could play with a bear if it's uh I don't know. It's certain animals over certain sizes. I'm just like, even if it is domesticated, all it takes is like one thing for that animal to snap and kill you. That's just my. So it's all about size for you. <laughs> I saw I saw one once that was. There's a word for that to uh, <laughs> to wrestle humans like in a ring. Yeah, and you could pay and go in and like you know, dude. It just it, there was nobody strong, not even strong enough to even give this thing even the remotest challenge. And it was it wasn't yeah, even it's like a, a bear. Huge bear. Yeah, and it wasn't even like some huge grizzly or anything. It was like a black bear. It was just whooping everyone's ass. <laughs> like, yeah, this wasn't like a giant like grizzly or anything. This is just a brown bear from Iraq, but uh, Iran. But it was still like uh, two hundred pounds when it was fully grown. By the time it passed away, it was like two hundred and twenty pounds. So I mean, it's not that big, big actually. Still, for a bear though, like that's a big, big creature. That's like a. A one size bear. Yeah, I outweigh that bear, man. Let's go. 
<laughs> I'll wrestle your ass. <laughs> like, like 220 is not that much. <laughs> Thanks, man. I so, feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so the Polish soldiers, uh, their unit became attached to a British unit. And so when that happened, the British informed them that no mascots or animals were allowed to be with them. That's super British. <laughs> what? Like, That's super logical. <laughs> what do you mean super British? Yeah, it no is. wild animals in the troop. And no toothbrush. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. Well, I said Juan would say something offensive. <laughs> yeah. Didn't is take it, long. Isn't Juan, that my just appeal, so you know, though? <laughs> Juan, just so you know, we do have listeners in the UK. <laughs> I love love the UK. (laughs) No, they're gone now. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Um, (laughs) So uh, uh, to find a way around this, the Polish soldiers enlisted the bear as a private in the army, and his job was to carry ammunition boxes and shells during battle. Did it get paid? Yeah, it actually got paid. Oh it had God. like it had an ID and a card and everything. Yeah, it got paid. It which, gets I benefits. Mean, obviously, it didn't spend the money, but it, it was a full on soldier. <laughs> this is such a fucking racket. It's unreal. Somebody was getting this money. Yeah, getting paid. Yeah, for. Oh, or the was guys it just like, that it was him and he was, had power. They just kind of went with it. Because come on, man, that's. How are you going to think people are going to take you serious? Like, bring in the circus first to scare them. <laughs> Did <laughs> it generate any money? Well, for the army? No. So, um, <laughs> well, then, yeah, it didn't generate them. Anymore, but it went with them. So when the allies invaded Italy, uh, it went along with them and fought in the battles and everything. And by the time of the battle of Monte Cassino in you know 1944, he was his full weight, 200 pounds. And during the battle of Wojtek and 10 fellow soldiers were separated from the rest of their unit by a counterattack by the German 16th Panzer Division. Mm-hmm. And then one Panzer tank and two dozen German soldiers stood between them and their allies. So while his fellow soldiers were hiding from the enemy, Wojtek snuck up behind the closest tank and then climbed on top and attacked the tank commander who was observing the battle while standing through the top hatch at the top of the tank. What a and then after badass. killing the commander, the bear pulled a grenade from the commander's belt the and pulled the pin and threw the grenade into the tank and the tank exploded and the rest of the Polish came up and overwhelmed the German forces. That is some this amazing is dexterity for I knew, that bear. I, I, I wanted to call that out like <laughs> in the first line. I was like, okay, yeah, they have, them, they have them on the front line. Was, and then... Yeah, but. Got on top of the tank, snuck up against the tank. Oh my God. Yeah, dude, this this bear was trained. A mark fabrication if I've ever heard one. But dude, for his bravery, the bear was awarded Poland's highest medal for a soldier, the golden pierogi. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Y'all remember that that controversy that Trump got into (laughs) whenever there was that that dog that I guess was like injured, uh, like a service dog that got injured and got like the medal of Poner. Yeah, and it was like this yeah. big controversy. Like you're making light of that. I'm like, dear God, can't have anything. Can't know. have a that little bit a of a sense of humor. Yeah, but no, actually, he did serve in the Battle of Monte Cassino, and he was promoted to corporal for his service in the Fuck. battle. This is such a like glowing indictment of Poland's military. <laughs> that, uh, this is like the one of the worst things I've ever heard. So there were actually other you know, soldiers in the army that had less rank than the bear did. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I bet they probably That's hard a- though. <laughs> <laughs> so a, uh, after like- this battle, 
the unit changed their official emblem to the image of a bear carrying shells. So he was on their emblem afterwards too. But after the end of World War II in 1945, Wojtek was transported to Berwickshire, Scotland with, and you know, the rest of the 22nd company. And they were stationed at a, uh, and a village out there in Scotland. And finally he was adopted and loved by the local civilians so much in the press that he went to a zoo there at Edinburgh where he spent the rest of his life. And he became like a local celebrity celebrity there in Scotland. And people would like toss him cigarettes and stuff and treats that he liked while he was there in the zoo. So he lived a happy life for the rest of his life. He was a local celebrity. So it was pretty cool. He got to serve in the war and obviously PTSD didn't affect him too much. Dude, he could yeah, like walk he into a bar of his life in a nice prison and people would like <laughs> buy him drinks, dude. Yeah, dude. They, you know, that shit happened. Oh, yeah. That's so dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I shit on this obvious misuse of funds and but like <laughs> the way I see it. Like, and we're up for I remember, like he was treated like a mascot, right? And people just like it yeah. brought up morale so much. Like it's worth having something that's clearly stupid. I didn't know they were yes. paying it though. That's fucking, that's ridiculous. And promoting it. Like, I guess you could promote it as a joke, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny, but if it's getting like a pay increase and that's coming out of taxpayer money, that's I don't think it was given out any orders though. So it wasn't like anyone <laughs> had to like take his shit. I'm not taking the shit from the spare. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't really blame him because I mean, there you are like how many thousands of miles away from home and your home's been taken over by the Nazis and you, you know, for all you know, you're never going to see home again and you're in the army. So you still have to do your service. Cause Wait, is this from the to- bear's perspective or the, the, the soldier? I'm talking from the soldier's perspective. Okay. I thought that you were getting into the bear's psyche. I was like, Mark, are you fucking <laughs> losing your mind, dude? <laughs> no, but like I could see how that would like cheer up the company. Cause I mean, you're stuck in a foreign country and I would see why they would want him around, especially if they raised him as a cub. So, you know, I mean, it obviously, is it the best decision? Probably not, but it was like night. It was like the late thirties, early forties. And it was, you know, one of the worst, what well, the worst war in human history. So, you know, people look for any little thing they could to have like any sort of joy or happiness. Look, I don't have a problem with a pet bear. Uh, just don't <laughs> pay it. <laughs> Make it turn a profit. That's fine. Or even yeah. if even if it doesn't run a profit, just buy it, just just get it food. Exactly. But that's I don't know how like if if I was in the military, uh, in the Polish military, and I was like eating these these rations, like barely making it by, like hungry all the time, and I see this bear chowing down the amount of food that a bear eats, I would hit the fucking roof. I would lose oh, my yeah. mind. Do you have any pets, Adam? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah, but like, this is war we're talking about here, folks. This is war. I'm just saying, like, the camaraderie, I can see the idea of the camaraderie of it. For sure. It gives them, like, for some people, pets are, like, and it's a difference, you know, life and death for some people. So, and I, like he was saying, in such a bad situation, any ray of anything that would give you, like, joy, you know, I mean, I can see why they would do that. I, why they would pay it, though, that doesn't make, like, I don't understand the logic behind that. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. no I mean, story either. though. Yeah, but they're it's not going to feed them. I mean, so would you, if, if it's up to you, you're the president, you're the the head of the armed forces, Mark. You going to rubber stamp the the every troop gets a bear? Uh, um, if I'm Polish, yes, because <laughs> that point doesn't matter. <laughs> 
What would the, uh, the Israeli military say about all this, Mark? The Israeli military would not be down for that. Sure, they would. They're letting women in their military. Why wouldn't they let a bear? Oh, oh damn. <laughs> so you set it up, folks. You tee it up. You let Mark fall right into it. Move the Detroit political swing. anger over to Adam. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how could I not talk about it? It's still a screensaver. So. Yeah, you're right. Dream, and then you though. picture like the photo ops with the bear. That's that's <laughs> that's messed up. I just Horrible can't wait for the day people. when a uh, someone from Israel asks us to come do a live show there. I'm going to make sure they listen to this episode before we get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today, three podcasters were they shot. They don't want to push over. They've served. They don't want to push over. They want somebody's going to challenge them. Apparently, they weren't funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's not uh, like the Jews are known for the, known for their sense of humor. Oh wait! <laughs> and for those of you who would ever That's exactly what they're known for as a plausible sense of solid information. <laughs> do you listen to this podcast? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is not so. Like, uh, yeah, all your listeners out there, if you haven't noticed, uh, number one, we make jokes, so everything yeah. we say is pretty much a joke. Number two, you notice that we don't really cite sources or leave our sources in the show notes because yeah. this is not journalism. This is infotainment. Emphasis on entertainment. <laughs> we'll find some. And I try and keep things as factual as possible. And yeah, every once in a while, I throw in something crazy just for fun. But I'm not a journalist here and I'm not researching this to death to the point where it's like I feel like it's my job but I, I try and make things as accurate as possible when it's a true story and but I uh, don't even do the homework in time to make a five no so like yeah, in so what there's no two research weeks, on my end <laughs> in two weeks we're going to do another list episode and I'm sure Juan's going to sit down three minutes before we get on no I'm going to do gonna better be I swear <clears throat> come on teach, be believe in me <laughs> <laughs> And I'll wear a tie like, for that episode. And we're going to be like, so are you Who ready to like, do, we're going to be like, are you ready to do your, uh, your top grunge songs? You'd be like, oh dude, I thought it was the best and worst of Elvis Presley. And that's true. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. So like, well, I guess I'll just go with holes entire catalog. I do love, I do love Hole. <laughs> oh my He's like, goodness. I want to kill him already. <laughs> <laughs> do you like grunge? Absolutely. Like a- uh, actually, it's actually my favorite genre of music. Okay, good. It, yeah. I I'm thought not, new metal was. Uh, no, I listen to a lot of new metal, a lot of rap mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like for me personally, if I'm like in like, you know, when you want to go in your zone, yeah. your happy place where you think and all that shit. Grunge all the way. Heck yeah. Yeah. I'm a Do you like uh, Stone Temple Pilots? Uh, you know what? <sighs> Probably not as much as everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Do you consider them grunge? Uh, they're considered grunge, but I kind of felt like they were on the very edge of it. Or the they're, very they're end of it. Grunge. They're, they, they, they were the end of grunge. Yeah. Why don't we spend like 30 minutes talking about this? Because it's not like we're going to talk about it at like <laughs> in a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's true. So, um, have, uh, next, uh, we're going to talk about since we, you know, we're already in Scotland and the bear has, you know, already retired and expired. Uh, we're going to talk about a <laughs> Scottish surgeon named Robert Liston, who is probably has the worst mortality rate of any surgeon alive. Uh, he was trained at the university of Edinburgh and in 1818 became a surgeon in the Royal infirmary of Edinburgh, Scotland. He was known as the fastest knife in the West end and he can amputate a limb in two and a half minutes. 
Damn. That's fast? Yeah. Fuck that. He'd have killed it. He'd have killed it in the, the Civil War. Yeah. He believed that the quicker the amputation, the less pain the patient would suffer and would likely have a higher chance of survival. And that's understandable. Stands to reason. If, you know, they're sawing, you know, hacking away at your leg or your arm for a half hour, you're in agony and you're less likely to live. So he was right about that. But a... Uh, he wasn't the best at it, let's say. Uh, reportedly, the fastest he ever amputated a limb was 28 seconds. Damn. So, yeah, a uh, guy named... Oh, go ahead. Was it a kid's limb? That's what I was thinking. Or an yeah. anorexic woman's limb? I don't know. It didn't say. It These are the details we need. It says if, it's, well, if we're going through a, like a 400-pound man's limb versus a dainty <laughs> little... We can say from like limb. logic and deductive reasoning that it probably wasn't one size limbs. Oh, yeah, wow. but it just goes right through the little soft baby fat. It's not. Gonna, <laughs> it's not going to be hard till you get to bone. Have you ha- have you tried to cut through just a a, a undercooked piece of steak? Oh yeah, yeah, it's not easy. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that is very difficult. Yeah. yeah Why did I, I'm be. sorry for this <laughs> tangent. <laughs> Adam, Adam, we're going to have to start calling you rabbit hole. Adam, rabbit hole, rabbit hole, Uh, Not to be confused with hole, hole. Yeah. They suck. (laughs) So uh, an author named Richard Gordon wrote a book about him, and he described him as, in his book, he was six foot two and operated in a bottle green coat with a Wellington, with Wellington boots. He sprung across. (laughs) Wow. He sprung across the blood-stained boards upon his swooning, sweating, strapped-down patient like a duelist, calling, time me, gentlemen, time me, to students craning with pocket watches from the iron railing in the galleries. Everyone swore that the first flash of his knife was followed so swiftly by the rasp of a saw on bone that sight and sound seemed simultaneous. To free both hands, he would clasp the bloody knife between his teeth. This is a awful thing to be famous for. Yeah. Creepy like, you much? Like, you should not be going for like the land speed record when it comes to sawing people's bodies off. You want to be accurate and good and not kill people. Exactly. So he, this was also before the time, before that other doctor, uh, Ignace Simmelweis, discovered germ theory and you know figured out that infection spread. So actually, a lot of the deaths that he, uh, you know, that his surgeries <coughs> were, were responsible for was because of gangrene or infection. So he would perform these, but because you know he had a bloody knife in his mouth or he never washed his hands, you know, it was the same thing for everybody. But you know, his his mortality rate would have probably been lower, but just because they were so ignorant about cleanliness. And actually, in the book, it said you know cleanliness was something that he never even considered. And I, that's just kind of like for a doctor, that's disturbing to think that a doctor would never think about cleanliness. That's probably it's the same times. guy that would say time me gentlemen like what he's <laughs> fair not like a comforting word to the person that you're about to saw their limb off yeah they're yeah. this was before anesthesia so they're like what it's yeah. like for those out here to watch they're like what bite down on this stick get your stopwatches out boys <laughs> yeah the dan the dan cummins thing whiskey laudanum saw them saw yeah exactly it's probably about what happened exactly he was irish right <laughs> No, no, he's Scottish. Scottish. Oh, Scottish? I don't yeah. know much about the Scots. <laughs> they have good liquor. Give oh. them that. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, one of some of his most famous surgeries were, <laughs> first of all, were when he removed a tumor from a man's scrotum in four and a half minutes. The tumor was so large that the man had to carry his scrotum around in a wheelbarrow. Is this South Park? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think and he got that, that bad guy. boy off in two minutes, in four and a half minutes. It's impressive. Yeah. So uh, once he also got into an argument with a colleague about an apparent tumor on a boy's neck, his colleague thought it was an aneurysm in the carotid artery. And then Liston believed that it was just an abscess in the skin. Liston said, whoever heard of an aneurysm in a boy so young? And he pulled out his knife and lanced it super fast and arterial blood spurted out of the boy's neck and the boy died. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this guy's a monster. Arrogance <laughs> extreme. <laughs> like this was obviously before malpractice lawsuits <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or mental <laughs> health care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, another time, he amputated a man's leg in two and a half minutes, but he was in such a rush he mistakenly <laughs> tick off the guy's testicles at the same time. By mistake. Yep. Oops! How I cut off fuck? your balls. Yeah, is that's it? fucking bullshit. <laughs> this guy should be studied <laughs> for like malpractice. Like this is what you should sue for stuff like this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is like a, like a, a lawsuit that should have happened. <laughs> and how long lawsuit. was he? Practicing? And he kept practicing after all this. Oh yeah, he kept practicing because this happened again and again and again. So who's getting like, in line? <laughs> what, what was he the cheapest one in town like no no he Probably. worked at that he worked at that big infirmary oh my so goodness. people just went there you know I, I mean i don't know for sure but i would assume back in the day you know they just tell the patient oh sorry you know they didn't make up some excuse like sorry you know we just had to do what we had to do or whatever you know you know not like hey, they could sorry do anything about uh, it. god thought he was a bad person i guess so you didn't you weren't <laughs> praying hard enough Something crazy like that. But his most famous case, which gave him the highest mortality rate of a surgeon that who has ever lived, as far as you know, recorded history tells, uh, he had another really fast leg amputation, and he also mistakenly amputated the fingers of his assistant, and then also accidentally cut someone who was watching, a spectator who was close, got too close, and so. <laughs> because of gangrene, everybody died, and that gives him the 300% mortality rate. Dear God. But yep. he was still kicking. Yep, he was fine. He knew how to not cut himself, but he just cut everything within like arm's reach, apparently. Yeah. Good luck filling that position. Not a, like a horror movie based on this guy. Oh, exactly. <laughs> there must be. There must be. I mean, come on. First, he just accidentally cuts off this extra. Then it's to the person, more of them. Now it's the people in the area. He's just getting greedy. He's enjoying it too much. That's a serial killer doctor. Oh, my God. Yeah, but you know how hard it is to to do a a Scottish accent? (laughs) Like Mike Myers is your only choice. (laughs) Mike Myers says Robert Liston in the testicle (laughs) amputator. Yeah. Dear God. Oh, my goodness. That's terrible. 
It's terrifying. Like that's how terrifying any... medicine yeah. was. The back outfit then. alone, I would have been like, nah, fuck this. I'll take my risk. Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Did you say he's wearing a Coke? I mean, a bottle green jacket. Yeah. yeah. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right and out of every humans. horror movie ever. Like, yeah. That was, that was the most random <laughs> detail. And then it's like straight lopping like, off body parts with black boots, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's straight. Come on. That's like when you're watching <laughs> the, the movie. how to put it together an ensemble. And you go, and the person yeah. heads to the basement, and you're like, no, dumbass, you don't go to the basement. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. are you going to this doctor for? Don't go to the hospital. Just take your giant ball sack and go home. <laughs> Hopefully he was a little bit more accurate with his wife. He'd just... probably be pretty pissed off, too. Are you trying to get everyone to hate all of us? <laughs> you are our last hope, man. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well, it's been a fun run. <laughs> you ever watched that show, The Nick? No. It was on Showtime. It was really good. Uh, I think it was Showtime. It might have been Cinemax. Uh, it had Clive Owen, where he worked at like at the Knickerbocker Hospital in New York, like turn of the yeah. century. And it was like all stuff like that. They were figuring out medicine as they went. And yeah, uh, yeah there was a lot of people that were uh, fell victim to getting tested on. And just trying new theories and think about it, they didn't know, used to know what blood types were. So yeah, people were getting all kinds of fucked up. Oh yeah. And actually speaking of Showtime shows, the only Showtime series I've ever watched is remarkably similar to similar to this doctor. And that's Dexter. Cause it's, you know, someone who just hacked people up. Yeah. That show might have had the worst ending of oh all my time. goodness. It was terrible. I'm actually, so glad you guys said something because I thought about yeah. watching it. Now I'm not even going to bother. Dude, the first... No, no, no. Okay, don't get me wrong. The first uh, four seasons are fantastic. The fourth season with John Lithgow that is some of the best peak. Some of the best TV ever produced. He's, well, he's ever. a phenomenal it is. actor. John Lithgow took it to a 10 and then beyond, and then it just fell off a cliff after that, and by the time it got to the end, it was terrible. It was so disappointing. Well, they, I'm pretty he, sure he won an Emmy for that show. You got to keep it. He did. You got to keep yeah. the show at that level, though, if you're going to put someone like yeah. that, and then you can't drop it after that. I mean, you know, that's yeah. going to be the end. Yeah, they even had like good actors on, like Colin Hanks, and he couldn't. I mean, whoa, you whoa, can't whoa, fix whoa, bad whoa. writing. Time out. What? Colin Hanks is not a good actor. He's, he's not a bad. terrible actor. He's not he is that bad. So bad. <laughs> it's got to be such a like a hard to sleep at night knowing that your dad. Is so amazing and, and universally loved. <laughs> and to know well, you I have mean, all the opportunities gonna, in the world and you just if, can't do it. If we're going to compare him to Tom Hanks, well, of course he's not because there's only one Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks is probably the best actor out there. He, he's the most liked actor. I would say Daniel Day-Lewis is a better actor. Mm, but I would disagree with you on that. I think Tom Hanks is... Daniel Day-Lewis is fantastic, but Tom Hanks just kills it every, every time. Jo- Lady Killers. Joaquin Phoenix. I liked Lady Killers. I really like that movie. That one with Julia Roberts where he's in community college for some reason. Mm, I haven't seen that. I don't even know what that's called. There's a reason we go to community college. It's called poverty. (laughs) (laughs) And and we didn't do our homework. Right. Mark. So I, you know, (laughs) I wasn't, I didn't have to do my homework. I wasn't going. I would just, (laughs) (laughs) I never studied in college either. I know I'm a horrible. You went to college. Oh Yeah. (laughs) Clown college. <laughs> I was like, the shock on Adam's face. <laughs> oh, I was like, these people are idiots. I'm out. <laughs> wow. 
What like so, what were you studying just out of curiosity? Actually, I was going to be a nurse. But Makes uh, sense. when I realized you went into that kind of after all, right? Well, sort of. I mean, I did caregiving, which is a lot less paying and glamorous. Um, but that's what I wanted to do for was for that hands-on interaction for people, taking care of people. Mm-hmm. That's why I still take care of my mom. You know, but yeah, I just I realized where the healthcare system was going and I had talked to a lot of nurses and I realized I was never going to be able to care for people the way that I would because it's just no way. It's too many people, too much, you know what I mean? The documentation now yeah. is crazy. You just can't. So for me, doing what I did was a lot better for me, but uh, Plus, not, like not you financially. Were, you, you got well known enough to have a character in Kill Bill based on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Buck. <laughs> and if you haven't seen the movie i don't want to spoil it <laughs> oh yeah go see that <laughs> <laughs> i think it's on amazon right now i'm not sure um i think i saw it on my fire tv but anyways uh now we're going to go to 1973 in new york where uh the spring training for the new york yankees one of the straightest strangest trades in baseball ever happened. So uh, two of the Yankees left-handed pitchers, Fritz Peterson and Mike Kekage, traded families. What? Yep. Straight up traded everything. Wives, houses, children, pets, everything. They came out in a press conference and said, yeah, me and, uh, you know, Fritz and Mike came out. Yeah, you know, we've decided to trade families just do a husband swap. So they went and just swapped families, like everything. Kids, Kids too? Kids. Yeah, kids too. Everything. Like the, the one guy said, the hardest thing was like leaving my daughter, but you know, it was good. So Peterson and the former Suzanne Kekich are still married today, but the re- relationship between Kekich and Marilyn Peterson did not last very long. So, well, in fairness, have you been around Marilyn Peterson? <laughs> I'd fucking trade away my kids too. I don't know so her, but the name nice is, <laughs> is a little stuffy for me. so uh by june of that year so not very long after spring training they traded away kekich the yankees did they were like okay we're done with this but uh yeah so So this uh, really happened this really happened 100 percent. oh but that's so but why i don't what's and then why would they oh my i don't know i just that blows my mind so how it how it started was this is how it started according to one of the book's autobiography. So Mike said that one day Fritz was like, "Hey, you know, uh, they were out going. They went out to dinner somewhere, and he's like, hey, you know what? I'm, how about you drive my wife home? I'll drive your wife home.' And they were both like, "Oh, okay, whatever.'" And so then the next time when they went somewhere, they did the same thing. And so they then just kept Early doing 70s. that, and then finally. Finally, yeah, exactly. Early 70s. So then after a few months, they were like, hey, why don't we just swap? And so then they felt like they had to come out publicly and say it so people didn't get the wrong idea. And so they just straight up did it. And the crazy thing is, is that, you know, Peterson and, you know, what does that say about the times that it's more acceptable to trade your children than to be in like a swinger or polyamorous relationship. Yeah. Like, oh, we don't want to yeah. give people the wrong idea. We're not some kind of sex perverts. Right. We're just like, going to swap wives completely. And just fuck some kids up. weird. Yeah. That is so, just, wow, mind-boggling. In, in, a, in, a, in an interview, Peterson said, quote, it's a love story. It wasn't anything dirty. And he said, I could not be happier with anybody else in the world. My girl and I go out every night and party. We are still on the honeymoon, and it's been a real blessing. Hey, good for him. I love that so, they yeah. refer to going out every night. And Feel bad for the girl. That's a got, blessing. <laughs> the yeah. girl that got to 
divorced twice. Yeah. I mean, Thank that's... you, Lord, for this eight ball. Like what? That is... <laughs> ah, anyways. Yeah, when I first heard about I heard about that several months ago and I was like That's the same I logic. About it, I was like, that is so weird. I was like, that can't be true. And I was like, oh no, that's true. Did some research and I was like, okay. That was like I have to talk about that in the show at some point. Was one of the players weird. way better than the other? No, they were both in the starting rotation and they were both about the same caliber. It wasn't like one was like Garrett Cole and the other one was not terrible, but they were both like decent pitchers. They neither of them were like Garrett Cole status where they were like prolific, but they were both very good. Okay. So, you know, hmm. so it's not like the Yankees that year had a great team, but they were still, you know, decent pitchers. And, you know, because of that whole trade husband swap, they were like, okay, we're shipping one off. The Yankees were like, we're not going to be associated with this. So well, that's, yeah. what, that's what happens when you ha- you force all your players to have the same facial hair and haircut. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And why Actually, is it, it was confused? really cool. It was really cool because in the book, they said that was the year that Steinbrenner first bought the team and he was walking around spring training and he said the players and the other staff, they said Steinbrenner had no clue what he was doing. Just going around barking orders. You shave your beard. You get a haircut. And they were like, this guy has no idea what baseball is about. All he did was throw money into the team for years. Hey, it worked. Yeah, it did work. Stupid Yankees. I hate the Yankees, but I mean, I had to talk about that story. <laughs> oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate the Yankees too. I like, I like the hats. Oh my gosh. I hate it when people say that it's such <laughs> a lame. Oh, I like the hats. It's Dude, so I love Astro shit. I have not because yeah, it's cool. I know every time I see <laughs> someone wearing some Astro shit, I'm like, man, they got the dopest color scheme. Like everything looks cool. Anyway. If you like the Yankees hat, why wouldn't you just like the Tigers hat? It's yeah. also that old English style. It's the same thing, just a D instead of an NY. It's okay. And we know you love the D. Yeah. I, have a lot, I do have a lot that. of Tiger stuff, but I mean, I'm from here. Are you going to not? I thought that was going to kill. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Oh, well. <laughs> I will say this, though. Every time I listen back, to an episode and listeners that don't know like for real when i listen back to them i don't remember what the yeah. hell i said adam <laughs> makes me laugh the most <laughs> he's so good at being a dick it's awesome yeah. <laughs> it's true it's just like oh, oh wow yeah. nicely played. Oh. <laughs> i got one fan i'm, I'm doing i'm doing oh yeah, dude i look forward to it every week <laughs> our podcast has one fan and it's one of the co-hosts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I love me. <laughs> and you should too. <laughs> so and if uh, you're not, I already fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You brought it back. You brought it back. So um on to the next topic. And so since Juan has been on a run of bad jokes about women, <laughs> I wanted to include a story about, you know, how that kind of jo- joking can come back to bite you in the ass. And also because oh boy. Adam and I value, you know, women. Yeah, we'll make jokes and stuff. I'll make jokes about anybody. Well, almost anybody. I have my limits. But um <laughs> so uh He won't yeah. even talk about Asian people. <laughs> Real racist. <laughs> I value women, but once they sign the paper, <laughs> let's just say the stock goes down. Keep digging the hole, Juan. Keep I'm kidding. I love my wife to death. If not, I wouldn't put he up does. with the bitch. <laughs> Believe me. You think I'm crazy? Holy shit. <laughs> hey, you know, I do have to say this. There is somebody for everyone because Juan and Jasmine are the same same caliber. So they just dish it out onto each other all the time. I've seen it in person. 
Yeah, man, she's really good. Sounds man. great. <laughs> oh, it's fun. <laughs> she's got a sister, Adam. If you're interested. Uh, sight unseen. I'm gonna say I'm gonna hold off. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. She might be. She might be a, a delightful person. I don't know. Okay, so um, we're gonna get back to the story before Juan just says something awful because I know it's churning in his head right now. <laughs> now he just <laughs> fell over. <laughs> no, that's just oh. Diet Pepsi churning in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I did not realize the amount of Diet Pepsi jokes you guys shit on me. I'm like, I listen to the podcast. I'm like, is it every episode? It is every episode. I can't have one vice. God. No, hey, dude. Other than the disgusting flavor, I got nothing against Pepsi or Diet Pepsi. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, Adam's <laughs> drinking something that looks dangerously close to peace. So. <laughs> oh, I finished that piss a long time ago. He's <laughs> down now. He's drinking water just to dilute it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, there was a woman named Susanna Kinsey who was born in Ohio and got married to an attorney named Louis Salter in 1880. And together they moved to Argonia, Kansas. And in 1887, a group of men who vocally were against women in politics put her name on a ballot for the mayor of Argonia. They believed that she would lose and they did this to try and humiliate her and other women in the hopes of discouraging women from becoming interested and involved in politics. Wait, 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 Oops. Hold on. You're telling me you could be in office as a woman before you could even vote. Mm-hmm. That's no, odd. Yeah. So they, they put the, yeah, and this is so the, this backfired when she won the election by two thirds of the majority and accepted the position of mayor. Her term as a mayor was very uneventful, and on her first day in office, a reporter from the New York Sun intended to see the first female mayor in American history. He wrote that she presided with great decorum, and he also noted that several times she checked irrelevant discussion and conversation, demonstrating that she was a good parliamentarian. And then other publicity extended to newspapers as far away as Sweden and South Africa. I think the only that's parliamentarian awesome, I dude. care about. The only parliamentarian I care about is George Clinton. So that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> Grandpa, I barely got that. <laughs> but it was, see, but it was good. The thing is, you just got to know that. Yeah. Hey, Adam, I, got, it's I got the funk. Right up there with that Gorgon. Joke. Dude, I'm so down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been so ashamed of myself. <laughs> Dude, I love some George Clinton, man. <laughs> so yeah so yeah that was out there i i found that story and i was like i wanted to throw that in for the ladies you know and it, once again you can send all the of highlight of that emails. story is that she did a good job no the highlight of that story is that the these guys did this to like try and humiliate her and discourage women and all it did was work against them and oh, everyone awesome. in the town was like no we're not going to be dicks and so the two thirds majority. That's a huge majority. And it probably showed too, the, the disdain for the prior, you know, governing bodies. It was like, no, we're going to let you know you suck and we're going to make, we're going to rub it in and yeah. oh, all power to her, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, did she I, get reelected? She did not want to go. She declined <laughs> running again. She said she that's what I would her say term too. and didn't want to do. That's, that's what she said. So <laughs> that's what she said. Know, <laughs> 
<laughs> and for I did once, my time. It was. That's what she said. Uh, hey, good for her. Yeah. So, have either of you heard of Carl Pazram? Panzeram? Oh, yeah. P- Pazram. I know that name. I can't remember what, what it's from. But I know that name. So, he was born in East Grand Forks, Minnesota in 1891. Oh. Okay. So, he said later on in life that he felt very odd from a young age, and he was known as a liar, and people said the older he got, the meaner he became. And at age eight, he was charged with drunk and disorderly conduct. And then at age 12, he was arrested and jailed for being drunk and incorrigible. (laughs) That's actually, I would love to see that on an arrest record. (laughs) He was just incorrigible. Let me tell you. He was ornery. He was. That's obviously in like some technical level of penalty. Like it wasn't just that he was that he was also yeah. incorrigible. Like constantly getting up to nonstop chicanery. Like what other old <laughs> yeah. ass phrases are we gonna add some, to an some tomfoolery? Maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> some pitch <So>. posh. <laughs> Let's hope he learned from this uh, this this poor poor attitude he had as a kid and uh, well, clean up his act. Well, in the same year, did he have parents? He was twelve. Yeah, in the same year, he was caught stealing some apples, a cake, and a revolver from a neighbor's home. And then later on that year, his parents didn't know what else to do, so they sent him to the Minnesota State Training School, which was a juvenile detention facility. So uh, this time at the juvenile facility didn't help him, though, unfortunately. In fact, it made him worse. Uh, While he was staying at the school, he was repeated... He was repeatedly beaten, tortured, and raped by staff members. He was taken to the, quote, paint shop. The room was called the paint shop because the students would leave painted with bruises and blood. He hated the school so much that he burned it down without being caught on July 7, 1905. Well, I mean, nicely played. Blame him. Yeah, exactly. Can't blame him. So he was already, you know, setting himself up for a future of uh, unfortunate circumstances. So in 1906, he was paroled from the Red Wing training school because he was put into another school after stealing money from his mother. So his parents were like, we can't take this. They put him back into another school, which is, I mean, at that point, like, I mean, why are they even calling them schools? Like exactly. Yeah, and at, at that point, why are you calling them prisons. in for stealing money? This yeah. guy's committed a lot worse shit than that. Yeah. So in he stole teenage- a cake, Juan. There's nothing worse than that. And yeah. an apple, and we all know how they loved apples back then. <laughs> 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 Is that too yeah, stereotypical? Am I, P- am I t- too much on the PC end? With the apple comment <laughs> for you old folks? Yeah. That reminds me, I gotta get my mom some applesauce. wow what a dick (laughs) in his teenage years he was known for being an alcoholic i would be too if i was repeatedly raped in prison or school yeah in child prison yeah exactly anytime alcohol is mentioned here i was like yeah <laughs> so I can't reveal was, this for another couple episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to crack under the pressure and start ranting about my uh, 
my prison school uh, childhood. <laughs> I was homeschooled though, so so it was prison. Basically, a prison. <laughs> Good education though. <laughs> eh, none of the rape, which was a plus. Um, that was a huge plus. Yeah, but uh, I feel like this guy probably turns into a monster. Well, uh, during his teenage years, he was known wherever he lived as you know being a burglar and a thief. And then two weeks after being paroled from the Red Wing training school, he attempted to kill a Lutheran cleric with a revolver. He then, uh, you know, escaped and ran away and became a hobo traveling, you know, by train across the country where he was once again gang raped by other hobos. Are there witnesses to these rapes? No, he wrote about it in his autobiography. But that's a victim shame. But I'm pretty sure I know who this is. And, uh, I don't know if I believe a word he says. Well, the thing is, is that uh, this is what he wrote in his book. Some of the stuff is confirmable. Some of it isn't. So the stuff that happened at the school, like, okay, I'll be, I've done some research into juvenile facilities. Those places are terrible. Mm-hmm. Those places are like they're torture houses for kids. Like I've seen enough. Re, you know, evidence of that. And the, the, the sad thing is, is that it just continues to happen again and again and again. Um, so I don't doubt for a second those, the, that those places were terrible. Oh, that, I agree completely. That rape was going on that the kids were getting beaten and tortured because those I don't, it's not like, Oh, it was the 1800s. It was better than no, I don't believe that for a second. I'm not sure. I think that shit probably still goes on. Oh, it does still go on. I listened to a podcast about how it was going on in Ohio and the local uh, government was covering it up. Like, have you seen that movie Sleepers? No, I haven't. Oh, it's really good. Uh, but it it deals with that issue. It's got Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, let's see, yeah, that's oh, it's super, be a nice, super it's really good, good ensemble cast. I can't think of them right off the top of my head, but it's really good. I have to check, check it out. out. I definitely will check it out. It's yeah, that's a that's a solid eight, nine, ten. Like, if you're in the mood for some like uh, a child shit. reform school rape, uh, <laughs> Sleepers is a good option. Pairs I'm reading this directly from its uh, IMDb page. And it, so. it pairs up nicely with followed <laughs> by 8 millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> so at age 15, he got drunk at a saloon in Montana and decided to join the United States Army. And shortly after joining, he was arrested for larceny and served time in Fort Leavenworth. And the person who signed his sentence to go to Fort Leavenworth was... Mr. Taft, the future president of the United States, Big old he held fatty. A, who he held a grudge against for the rest of his life. So after being released and dishonorably discharged, Pazram said, any goodness left in me was smashed out during my Leavenworth imprisonment. And so then over the next few years, he was arrested multiple times for theft. He was just a thief everywhere he went. And then while he was in car, incarcerated he frequently would attack officers and refuse to follow their orders then the officers would retaliate subjecting him to beatings and quote other punishments which just sounds ominous and awful because it Mm -hmm. wasn't just beat they're just torturing this guy i mean obviously this guy was not good but i mean the the whole that's a thing so like i said your research may have found something other than what i saw on some probably youtube video uh-huh. But like this guy in my, what I remember uh, was constantly blaming, like nothing was ever his fault. He was constantly no, no, blaming yeah. everything yeah. on everybody else. Like, uh, Oh, so it was their, that person's fault that you, uh, you know, doesn't he end up being like a big rapist and, and awful person, uh, like 
terrible person. Yeah. So well, uh, I think that, and I th- it's autobiography. It's a lot of like, uh, oh, how convenient that you get to put your words out there and excuse all your actions. Which, yeah, did he get put through the meat grinder? Oh, yeah, for sure. But like a lot of people get put through the meat grinder and don't turn into complete pieces of shit. Right. So like I said, this is just the, you know, the research that I did, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I'm sure there's some truth to it, but then again, at the same time, him blaming everyone else that everything was their fault is definitely not true. Cause you know, he had, you know, he well, had look at it this way. It. The only reason you get incarcerated multiple times, like he did, you're not an incident every time you're putting yourself in those situations. So, you know what I mean? When you got that many convictions and that many goes in and out, you're not a good person. Oh, dude, I'm not even talking about half of the stuff that he got arrested for. Wow. Because it was just too much. He he was like nonstop raping people from what I remember. Yeah. Like boys, girls, all kinds of shit. Yeah. Yeah. He was a total, total piece of work. So he wrote in his book that he was quote rage personified and that he would often rate men who he, after he had robbed them, he was noted for his large stature and great physical strength due to years of hard labor at Fort Leavenworth and other prisons, which aided him in overpowering most men he encountered. He also engaged in vandalism and arson. And by his own admission, one of the few times he did not engage in criminal activities was when he was employed as a strike breaker against union employees. So he got paid to beat people up. Well, I mean, nobody likes picket lines. (laughs) He must have loved that job. So on uh, one occasion, he tried to sign aboard as a ship steward on an army transport vessel, but was discharged when he reported to work drunk. So he just, (laughs) (laughs) uh, he claimed in his autobiography that after, uh, serving a short sentence at Rusk, Texas, he went to Juarez, you know, in Mexico in the winter of 1910 to tried to enlist in the Mexican federal army, but they wouldn't take him. And then he went on a train to Del Rio, Texas and got off in a small town east of El Paso. Where about a mile south of that town, he claimed to have abducted and assaulted and kicked and then strangled a man and all for $35 from this guy. So not, not a nice guy. He went by the alias of Jefferson Davis. Whole so, JD. Yeah. Wasn't that the Confederate president? Some, uh, exactly. Say, wasn't that some kind of Confederate person? Yeah. And then he was arrested in Fresno, California in 1911 for stealing a bicycle and he was sentenced to six months in jail, but escaped after 30 days. And I can attest after living in Fresno, California, it hasn't changed much since then. (laughs) (laughs) There's just awful people stealing bikes left and right. It's still a (laughs) shithole. The weather's not nice. It's, 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 it's not humid. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I, I lived in Clovis, which is next to Fresno. I, I liked living in Clovis. I wouldn't per se live in Fresno, but I uh, Fresno is not the nicest place, but I enjoyed living there. It wasn't all that bad. I enjoyed living in Houston far much better, but Fresno wasn't all that or Clovis wasn't all that bad. So in 1915, uh, Pans Ram burglarized a house in Oregon and then was you know arrested again, sent to sentenced to seven years in prison. And then I... Uh, he, you know, obviously was at, I mean, I, I put, I think I just put in too many facts about arrest. I'm just going to skip through them because it's just like another arrest, thief, another arrest, rape, another arrest, you know, all this murder stuff like that. So, um, 
in August of just your rape and murder burglarized the house of uh, William H. Taft in his mansion in New Haven, Connecticut. And it was one of Taft's homes and he held Taft responsible for his Leavenworth imprisonment. And he stole a large amount of jewelry and bonds as well as Taft's, Taft's personal Colt M1911 45 caliber handgun. Hmm. Yeah. Dude, that's cold. Yeah. And, that, and that's confirmed. It's not that's just some con- bullshit he made up. Right. So then he began a murder spree that spanned eight Here years. Here we go. Multiple countries. So with the money he stole from Taft, he bought a boat and then lured sailors away from New York City bars, got them drunk, raped them, and shot them with Taft's pistol. Then he dumped their bodies near Execution Rock's lighthouse in Long Island Sound, and he claimed to have killed 10 in all. The sailor murders ended only after the, sh- or the boat ran aground and sank near Atlantic City. His last two uh, potential visitors escaped to parts unknown, and they never said, oh, this dude you know, raped and killed all my friends or whatever. So he then went to South Africa and you know spent some time doing terrible things there. He was also a foreman on an oil rig in Angola and then later burned down the oil ring out of spite. He claimed while he was there in Angola, he raped and killed a boy estimated to be 11 years old. And in his confession to this murder, he wrote, his brains were coming out of his ears when I left him and he will never be any debtor. Jesus. Yeah. He also claimed that he hired a boat with six rowers and shot the rowers with a Luger pistol and threw their bodies to crocodiles. Yeah. So this guy sounds like uh, the devil. Yeah. Complete monster. Yeah. So How would, like, he, I, I would, did somebody help him write his book or did he write it by himself? I would think he probably had like a, a uh, shadow writer because there's I no be- way you. I believe the actual person that wrote the book was actually a guard that befriended him. And that's how he got all the information. If I remember the story, right? And oh, he, wait, you're right. That is yeah, up here next. He, it he, was a guard. Th- he trusted him, him to writing materials. And uh, he took yeah, all so, that material and made the book. Yeah. Yeah. So, how can you, how can you sit down and l- like listen to somebody tell you this thing after thing after thing and not be like, yeah, fuck you dude. Cause if he made any money off of this, how it started travesty. with this particular guard, apparently his take on it was that he was really treated shittily. And this was like the one guard that took even an ounce of pity on this guy. And he realized yeah. that he kind of had a soft spot for him, but he had no soul. This guy was cold as cold, but he thought yeah. it was a way just so he enjoyed getting his story told. And that's why he did. It was still for. Yeah. Fuck reasons. him is what um, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> like, uh, I don't care that nobody has a soft spot for you. You're a total monster that has killed tons of people rape tons of people but apparently they uh, used they a should, lot of he, it he should be in solitary confinement for the rest of his life uh, he pretty much was but actually why did why did he live a long life i mean how long was <laughs> how, did he die well, in prison or well he he traveled back to the united states after doing terrible things abroad where he raped and shot more young boys and on august 30th 1928 he was arrested in baltimore for stealing a radio and jewelry and then during the interrogation he confessed to the murders of three young local boys so then they tried him and convicted him of those murders and also during the interrogation with the baltimore police department he uh, admitted that he considered poisoning the city's water supply because he wanted to commit mass murder. And then he also said he thought about attempting to start a war between the United States and Britain by trying to blow up a British ship in the New York Harbor. One second, real quick. I just had a thought. 
So clearly he was in the military once. Mm-hmm. He was in a kid's penal or reform school. Right. And then he tried to join the military in Mexico. Um, right. And maybe he's just one of those people who like, he's like, I don't want to have to look after myself. I don't, I, I want my three meals in a bed. And he's like, I, so whenever he had the, got to Baltimore, he just said, Oh yeah, I killed those three people. And then yeah. Yeah, the people are like, Oh, well yeah, now we're number one. The cops probably jumped all over that. Like, I'd be curious to see if there's any kind of physical evidence that he did it. Cause that's what, that was my takeaway. Whenever I first heard about this guy, I was like, this guy sounds like he's totally full of shit. There was like a guy in Texas that did that too. Like, it was like the confession killer. Where yeah, he just the confession killer did that. He confessed like everything. everything I think this yeah. guy was probably did similar. I mean, was he probably a terrible person? Absolutely. I mean, well, he has a rest record to prove it. But, yeah. but I, I do know that was Henry Henry Lee Lucas, and he yeah, did yeah. kill some people, but he didn't kill the like two hundred. But it wasn't like the two hundred people that he said he confessed to. Right. Yeah, like, he was clearing cases for the police, and they were loving it. Right. Yeah. And, and he was like a, a lot of celebrity for a while, as right. long as the as long as he was useful. Uh, and, and even whenever he stopped being able to show people the bodies, which are the ones he definitely killed, like right. he was still, uh, able to take those caseloads up from the cops. So they right. still liked it. And your assumption is correct. And all kinds of shit. On Panzram, it's correct because there was a lot of stuff that they, that he said he did that they just couldn't confirm. So yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, but he's a pathological liar, mm-hmm. but he was a murderer yeah. for sure. Like, it's just, I think like you said, he wanted to, you know. He kind of like maybe the celebrity of it being knowing that it was going to be, you know, written. So who would win yeah. in a fight, Panzram or Bronson? <laughs> basically, the British version of this guy. Ooh, That's man. a really good question because you got to think Panzram. I don't know if you've ever like seen a picture of this dude was Jack. Yeah, like, yeah, he was Jack. Terrifying Bronson, Bronson was pretty Jack too. From what I remember, Jack, Bronson, Bronson was too. But that, yeah, dude, that. <laughs> we're like we're talking fists. about them like they were dogs. Ah, let's just let's put them together and see who would come out on top. <laughs> but that would be a, that that'd would be, be a great fight though. Put them in a cage. The worst Olympic event in history. Yeah, I mean, interesting compare and contrast, like too, like because it sounds like a lot of their stories. It's there's a lot of similarities to those two mm-hmm. stories, and they're both yeah. like notoriously violent. And uh, yeah, I'd be interested to. Isn't it crazy how we like learning about this dark, dark, dark shit? Yeah. Like so, Limp Biscuit first. Yeah. Limp then Panzeram. Yeah. They're both but, right there on the same level. I agree. I agree. They put, yeah. uh, they put, actually, I would say Limp Biscuits put more people through pain and <laughs> through their music. Oh, millions. And Panzeram and Bronson pain. combined. Yeah. And secretly, like, the amount they of people that had it. to get therapy. Again, much higher. Yeah. I just. That's just, that's not, that's not an argument. That's just straight up fact. That's, that's fact. Yeah. So, uh, in the, so yeah, the when he was in death row, he was sentenced to death. <laughs> okay. Uh, he Good. was, be, de, be, he was befriended by an officer named Henry lesser and he gave him money to buy cigarettes and Panzerum was shocked by this. And so, uh, lesser then provided him with writing materials. And so yeah. then, you know, he could write his book. So while he was awaiting his execution, he wrote a detailed summary of his crimes and nihilistic philosophy, and he made it very clear that he did not repent or feel sorry for the least in the least for any of the robberies, murders, or rapes, and arsons that he had 
committed. And he began with a straightforward statement, quote, in my lifetime, I have murdered 21 human beings. I have committed thousands of burglaries, robberies, larcenies, arsons. And last but not least, I have committed sodomy on more than 1000 male human beings. For all of these things, I am not the least bit sorry. So then he was hanged on September 5th, 1930, and as officers attempted to place a black hood over his head, he allegedly spat in the executioner's face, and when asked if he had any last words, he responded, yes, hurry it up, you Hoosier bastard. I could kill a dozen men while you're scurrying around. And so then his grave is at the Leavenworth Penitentiary Cemetery and is marked only with his prison number, 31614. Why do they they bury... Uh, people who are get executed. Why wouldn't you just I, cremate them? I, I guess religious that, reasons, probably religious reasons, but I'm like, if someone who is executed and there's no family that wants to bury the body, just cremate them. And yeah, at least that's my thought. I'm, I'm sure there's a reason for it, but I don't know what it is. It's gotta be religious. I assume. So yeah, that that's one of the, one of the darkest people. How can you get a religious history? right though? When you just claim you have no soul. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You ever watch those lists, uh, of like the, Famous last words. Yes. I think that might've been where I first heard about. This yeah. Guy. Those, those are some famous ones. Him and Gacy's. Yes. There's the, my yeah. favorite one of all time. I think it was civil war. It might've been revolutionary war. I think it was civil where this guy's like, like, what are you, he's basically saying like, what are you pansies worried about? They can't even see us from here. And then like mm-hmm. the next second he gets shot. <laughs> killed. <laughs> <laughs> he's calling all of his, his, his uh, troops, wusses, and then boom. <laughs> That's a lesson hard learned, I guess. I knew I recognized that name. Mm-hmm. I've heard of, I, I heard about him for a while, but it was like, I don't want to do another episode, just a full-on episode about a serial killer. It's <laughs> too dark. Yeah. So, yeah, Sleepers, like I was, that movie I was talking about, the mm-hmm. cast, like Kevin Bacon, Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Jason Patrick, which who gives a shit about him, and Brad Pitt. Maybe. Why didn't they cast Kevin Spacey in that? He'd be more fitting. Yeah. As Panzeram? <laughs> oh, it's fucked up. <laughs> He's not ominous enough, though. <laughs> uh, you might be able to ask some kids and they might disagree with you. Yeah. No, but that's how they get the kids. They're not ominous. No, oh, that's true. They trust him. They're like, oh, you seem like a nice. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that goes. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking back when I got to go to the that once a year thing you guys don't have to go to yet. Ugh. Please explain. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you know when they start checking your prostate, man. He's oh. talking about. He's talking about sounding. What's yeah, sounding? man. There's no. You, <laughs> there's no preparing for that, man. You, you, do you, Juan, do you know what sounding is? No. Okay, so I'm, I'm thrilled that I get to tell you guys this. So sounding is a medical thing, but now some people do it to get off. It's when you jam stuff up your urethra. Oh, that's what that's the called. The fuck? Yeah. What is the logic behind that name? What I, basement no idea. suicide guy came up with this fucking... More importantly, how did you discover... How do you this, know this? that? 
Yeah. Dan Cummins. <laughs> Fair enough. Damn. Love just that guy. fucking threw him right under the bus. <laughs> He's the weirdo. <laughs> oh, I love Dan Cummins. Love you, Dan. Oh, dude, it's on it's it's there it's on the one of the episodes of the Secret Suck, his uh Patreon paywall podcast. And there was one uh, episode of it where they just talked about like a bunch of gross like fetish things, and that mm-hmm. was one of them, and it was oh there uh yeah. I got to break down and get that. I, I keep saying I said that a thousand times, but it's, I, I, it's I so can't good. do that. That was it was like 62 or 63. Dude, he just like because the producer comes in and shows him a picture of one of the things and he just freaks the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts yelling. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, the mentality so that you'd have funny. to have the only person I know that would do something like that in history that I know is Albert Fish. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Fish, I'm sure oh, he probably invented it or something. Yeah, I don't know. Fish but. was that's how they do it in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dan. That's showbiz. Not listening to that podcast, you're fucking up. Because oh amazing. yeah, one of the greatest podcasts out there. Oh, it's my personal favorite. Uh, yeah, period. it's and it's yeah. I got turned on to it by another another podcast uh, that used to be in Houston, uh, the Regular Dude Report, but they don't they don't exist anymore. But um. I like asked like what are the some of the best podcasts to listen to, mm-hmm. and he first one he said was Time Suck, and I've been addicted ever since. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. So uh, on October twenty three, nineteen forty three, we're back to World War Two now. Uh, a transport of around seventeen hundred Polish Jews arrived on the passenger trains, not passenger trains, just on the trains at the death camp at Auschwitz Birkenau, and, and none of those were bears. No. So, uh, although I had, to, I had to try to get in the one joke before this gets super <laughs> heavy. <laughs> yeah. Cause this is going to get dark. So, uh, although they had been told that they were being taken to a transfer camp near Dresden, where they would continue on to Switzerland to be exchanged for German POWs. Uh, they obviously weren't, it was just a trick. So one of the passengers was Francesca Mann, a Polish Jewish ballerina. And she was actually a very pretty young lady. And a very popular ballerina uh, before the war. So shock uh, of all shocks marks into a Jewish girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which, so, by all, but in fairness, I mean, by all means, they're, 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 they're fabulous. But, uh, starting to so, notice marks like only uh, carrying a what's it carrying a cross or carrying a flame or or one particular type. Oh no, definitely not. But uh, they hold a special place, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going into any different that. <laughs> so the new arrivals were not registered, but they were told that they had to be disinfected before crossing the border into Switzerland. So they were taken to the undressing room next to the gas chamber, and they were ordered to undress. And so as she stripped naked, she used her nude body as a distraction to steal the pistol of an officer standing close to her, Joseph Schillinger. And she fatally shot and wounded him by firing two two shots into his stomach. Then she fired a third shot, which wounded another SS sergeant named Emmerich. The shots served as a signal for the other women to attack the SS men. One of the SS men had his nose torn off and another one was scalped before reinforcements 
assistance were summoned and the camp commander Rudolph Haas himself came with other SS men carrying machine guns and grenades and more mowed down all the poor women. Uh, nobody survived, but I did want to include that story because I thought it was after talking about the angel of death, you know, in the other Auschwitz episode, it was good to find a story about there was a group of people that just didn't take that line down and they fought back. Yeah, that's badass. That should have been your, your, Hey Juan, here's a good uh, lady story. I had to throw in a second good one. Yeah. This one lady got tricked into being mayor once (laughs) for one term. Well, I had to throw in two good stories. And so I was like, that's really cool. So she, she was just like, she knew, um, obviously like they knew that, you know, they were not going to be going to Switzerland. And so she was like, if I'm going to die, I'm taking people with me. That would have been my life. That's (laughs) cool. That should that story should be more well known. It should yeah. be. I was. I think if more people knew that story, because all these this happens all the time and throughout history, and I don't blame them. Like you said, like people who were, went to, to death camps and like it, it's just the human nature to like, like oh maybe if I can just survive, if I can just survive, that's the mentality. Right. Which I don't right. like. I get it. Like, uh, I and if I'm being honest, if I was in that situation, I'd probably be the same. But if we had more stories of the people that were like, no, fuck that, I'm I'm. I'm going to try everything I can to get out of this or take as many of these evil pieces of shit with me. That right. should be glorified and talked about more. So that way, whenever situations come up, people are like, Oh, remember that one person who was a hero? Cause they actually didn't just didn't like say, maybe I can survive this. And they wouldn't actively try to stop it. They would happen more often. Shoot. I've just, never heard of that. I've never heard this. Story. I was just pitching my wife there. She would say, Oh hell no. You like that? You like that? <laughs> pow, pow! <laughs> she, she don't would play. Too. she don't play that's a good story that is yeah. that's awesome that's, i mean it's sad yeah. that you know the the ending of course but the like you said the idea that some people just realize hey you know what fair is fair hey she went yeah. out in a blaze of glory yeah a bunch of, and the, she got the other women to like go with her. It wasn't like she was by herself. The mm-hmm. other women were like, nah, we're, they were like, we're going to die. Let's take as many. I mean, just tore a dude's nose off, scalped another guy. They were like, just going at it. Well, forget about her, her being a hero for, for taking on the Nazis. They're like and taking on the horrible things of the Holocaust. She was able to get more than one girl to agree to a plan and stick with it. That's fucking heroic for me. <laughs> Did you really Silence. just fuck up that beautiful story? <laughs> he did. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to tear up for it. Send then- me a Christmas card later, one. <laughs> Caught you off the hook for uh, about a month or so. Thank oh you, Adam. God. I thought of that. I was like, nah, you can't do that. And then I was like, nah, yeah, you can. And remember, people, it's a comedy And then podcast. y'all sold me out. Didn't make a fucking noise for a solid three seconds. When I'm in shock, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's where I knew I fucked up. I just saw Juan's eyes. I was like, oh God, <laughs> this is bad. And this next week's hate calls will go to Adam. <laughs> for the record, I did say she was a hero for a solid two minutes. Oh, I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate it. Oh, oh man! Moving on. So in, <laughs> in two in two thousand and one, uh, a German computer repair technician named Armin Melwies put out a personal ad on a cannibalism fetish site, asking if anyone would willingly let themselves be eaten. His post stated that he was, quote, looking for a well-built eighteen to thirty-year-old to be slaughtered and then consumed. 
So another man, Bernard Jurgen. Uh, oh minute. my goodness. Yeah. So this other guy, sorry, Armando Brandis, an engineer from Where Berlin. Where did this again? On a cannibalism fetish website. In what year? How does that exist? 2001. No, is it like supposed to be like fake cannibalism on the website? Ye- Apparently no, not. Is like, <laughs> like, is this on the dark know. web or how is this? How is this in existence? I- <laughs> so this guy answered the advertisement in March and then, you know, many other people responded to the advertisement, but they backed out later on eventually. <laughs> no way. But, yeah, exactly. So he uh, did not attempt to force anyone to do anything against their will. He, he likes to state that, but a, uh, this other guy, uh, Brandis showed up and the two made a videotape when they met on March 9th in 2001 at Mel home. Uh, which showcased uh, Melwise amputating Brandis's penis, and then the <laughs> two men attempting to eat it together. Before doing so, Brandis swallowed twenty sleeping pills and a bottle of cough syrup, likely causing. So he swallowed effect- twenty sleeping pills, but he couldn't even swallow his own dick. Yeah. So. <laughs> This uh, caused him, you know, obviously caused him an effect of like slowed breathing and extreme tiredness and not enough to like knock him out, but he was like in and out of consciousness. So he initially said that, you know, he wanted Melwise to bite his penis off, but that didn't work. So ultimately he used a knife to remove Brandis's penis and Brandis event uh, apparently tried to then eat some of his own penis raw, but he couldn't do it because it was too tough. And as he put it, quote, chewy. Melwise then fried the penis in a pan with salt, pepper, wine, and garlic. Well, and gentlemen. Then, yeah. Then he fried it with some of Brandis's fat, but by then it was too burnt to be consumed. Uh-huh. He, then, he then chopped the penis up into chunks and fed it to his dog. So then according to court officials who saw the video, which is this has, legal? No, this is definitely not legal. So, <laughs> so this, this video has never been made public, but the court officials talked about it afterwards. They said, um, Brandis looked like he was too weakened from blood loss to eat any of his penis or to do much of anything else. So then later Moise ran, uh, Brandis a bath and put him in it before going to read a star Trek book. I thought that was such a weird <laughs> thing to put into the story. Yeah. Just some star Trek novel. So while checking back on Brandis every 15 minutes, um, during this time, Brandis, you know, lay bleeding in the bathtub, you know, drifting in and out of consciousness before finally collapsing again. And then after a long, uh, waiting a long time, okay, sorry, quote, after long hesitation and prayer, Melwise killed Brandis by stabbing him in the throat. Well, so was this Brandis guy suicidal from the word go? Like, I guess I, I think so. Was there any kind of like, he was, didn't realize it was going to happen and then he drugged him with uh, 20 sleeping pills. I don't think that guy would try and eat his own penis if he wasn't in on it. That's true. So that's and just the thing a is, messed this up. Is on, you say he was an engineer? Yeah. Oh, what a waste. Yeah, this is on video. So it's not like this is this guy's story. This is on video, all of this, which is disturbing. So this was uh, recorded on a four-hour videotape, including after he had killed him, he hung the guy up by a meat hook. And so then he dismembered and ate the guy's corpse over the next 10 months, storing the body parts in his freezer under pizza boxes. And he consumed up to 44 pounds of this guy's flesh. 
And according to prosecutors, they believe that he committed this act for sexual pleasure. Not surprising. It was on a fetish site. So he was arrested in December of 2002 when a college student alerted the authorities uh, to uh, new advertisements he made for victims online. Investigators. So wait, this guy had no family or friends that were like, uh, yeah, this guy just disappeared. 10 he months just ago. straight disappeared. So I, you know, this college student became alarmed when he saw more, you know, advertisements saying, Hey, I want to kill and eat somebody. So the police started investigating and then they searched, wound up getting a search of his house and they found the body parts and they actually found the videotape of the murder. And then on January 30th of 2004, he was convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to eight years and six months in prison. Come again. That's it. That's it. You say eight years, eight years, eight and a half years in prison was all he got for that. So he could do good time and get out. So he's definitely out. He's out now. Yeah. Where is this person now? So, uh, he, (laughs) you better not say Houston, Texas. He's not. So while speaking to a German newspaper, he admitted cannibalizing to this man and he said he expressed regret for his actions and he also said he wants to write a biography in the aim of deterring anyone else from following in my footsteps and oh then, and making uh, millions of dollars exactly so uh he's now an author like a dick is that does that does that law exist in germany where you can't profit off of your crimes i, have, I have that's no a thing idea. in america right i know that yeah that's a thing in america definitely i don't know if it is over there i would assume so but i mean i don't know um so <laughs> he How did said, you not make a schnitzel joke? I didn't realize I forgot he was German. Wow. Oh, missed opportunity. <laughs> wow, you are just killing no, it. No, today. no. It's even fried sausage. Oh my Come on, God. man. If I'd have been paying closer attention. This is on me. Oh. I apologize. <laughs> I was I was hungry. <laughs> so what if it tastes good? He said while he was in prison that he became a vegetarian. And then he also said that he now, he said that he believes that there are about 800 active cannibals in Germany today. Germany is kind of fucking on the bleeding edge of weird stuff. Bleeding edge. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Adam. Would have been better for the cutting edge. (laughs) It's it's all bad. It is all bad. But the fact that that, I mean, like I said, it doesn't surprise me that there would be some kind of like, like fan fiction type of like, fetish website right. or stuff like that because people are, are obsessed with zombies and cannibals for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, more so zombies, but like, I like, so I guess, I mean, it's awful. Everything he did was terrible. Uh, and the fact that he actually straight up murdered the guy is awful. But I, th- this guy was definitely down for it the entire time. Yeah, and the guy was, yeah. Is that why he only got eight years or is that like a maximum sentence? Or I, how do you I get away with that? I don't know how like the courts in Germany operate. I do know that in a lot of other countries, uh, there are maximum like penalty terms. Like in yeah, Brazil, the maximum insane. turn you can get is 30 years. You could kill 40 people and murder uh, 40 people. 30 years. 40 I mean, years. I've heard way crazier than just 30 years being a max. Like, oh, there's yeah. some there's, countries where it's like absolutely there's other, insane. There's a, I can't remember which country it is. There was another country where the max term was like 15 years. I was like, that's insane. And like these horrible, violent offenders just get like 15 years. I was like, that's, I know, and we complain like, about our people but, shouldn't get back out. 
Oh, I completely agree. But we have more uh, people I'm definitely getting on a list r- right now because I'm looking up yeah. what country has the lowest max prison sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but if I get a flight anytime soon, Norway. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, never mind. Um, this is recidivism rates. That's not what I was asking okay. about at all. So, yeah. Um, don't go on to fetish sites in Germany. Because, you know, and actually, have you ever seen the show, uh, the the British TV show, uh, The IT Crowd? No. They do an episode where they parody and do like satire on that whole story. It's hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. And that's how I found out about that story was I watched that and I was like, this has to be a joke about like something that actually happens. Then I looked it up. I was like, oh my gosh, this actually happened. And so it was, you know, British humor done very well. I don't remember if it was season two or three, but it was one of those very good. I I had a buddy when I was living in Florida uh, that told me that, oh man, you'd love this show. This show so so your humor. I only watched like two episodes and I, I was like, I couldn't get into it. Like the laugh track was so like obnoxious. But mm-hmm. if you like that show, there's, um, it's on YouTube, but it's like the big trivia show of everything. Uh-huh. It's got uh, Jimmy Carr hosts it. Oh, and, Jimmy Carr's uh, the, hilarious. Yeah, he's very funny. And those two guys who are in the, are uh, two of the guys from the, the IT crowd. I think this is the same show guy like a black guy with like a, a hair yeah, goofy glasses yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah so they're on this this uh, trivia show and they're freaking really smart and uh constantly cracking jokes but again the laugh track just takes you out of it vatican city has a maximum prison sentence of 30 to 35 years interesting macau 25 21 in norway 21 years maximum sentence isn't that where the vikings and, are from they're yeah, like, yeah, they're a little raping, a little pillaging. Rights. It's kind of what we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Can be extended indefinitely if the crime poses a danger to society at the end yeah. of the serve time, like genocide, war crimes, stuff like crimes against humanity. That probably got through in like last Portugal week. 25, Paraguay 25, Russia 25. What? Or you just go to the gulag. Or 30 in special circumstances. For all women and men above the age of 65. So yeah, 25, unless you're 60. Interesting. So uh, we have one one final story here, and it's uh, on a lighter note. I wanted to end on a lighter note because we got into some <laughs> pretty dark, disturbing... Lighter than here. cannibalism? Does that exist? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about Pepsi. No, this is worse than cannibalism. <laughs> We're gonna talk this about less, Pepsi. This is less palatable than <laughs> So we all know that Juan loves Pepsi more than he loves his own family. And Diet Pepsi always, actually. Yeah. We're so this is even more of a, an indictment, but go on. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so uh, Pepsi has always lived in the shadow of the far superior drink, Coca-Cola. Preach. So as we, as we all know, Coke is by far the best selling and most popular soda in America. And Pepsi is number two, but there is a country where Pepsi is the most popular cola. Russia. Is it Germany? Oh, it's a Russia. It's Russia. Yeah. <laughs> really? So how did, how did the this most happen? Serial killers of any country? Russia. Yeah. So in 1959, Pepsi was briefly more powerful than Coke, but not in the way you may think. 
President Eisenhower met with Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev to try and show the Soviets the benefits of capitalism. And at the, quote, American National Exhibition, Vice President Richard Nixon was giving a presentation about capitalism to Khrushchev, where they got into a heated argument on which was better, communism or capitalism. The debate got so heated, the attending vice president of Pepsi offered Khrushchev a glass of Pepsi, which he drank and loved. So because of this, the demand for Pepsi in the Soviet Union became extremely high, but there became an issue on how the Soviets would pay for it. Uh, Nobody would take the Soviet money. You know, no capitalist country would take their money. So first, the Soviets paid just in vodka, because what else would Soviets pay with? They just have right, tons of right. vodka. So after several years, they needed another form of payment. So they began trading military equipment. They traded <laughs> Pepsi, a fleet of submarines, boats, for a whole lot of soda. The is this new- real? This is 100% real. Well, the- then I got to say... Pepsi did a good thing for once in its terrible once. existence. So the it's new made agreement. me happy every day of my. Yeah. Life. We should do the same thing with porn. <laughs> oh, dude, no! I would. We wait. should do the same thing with porn in the Middle East. Like if you if you turn in your I uh, was a explosive device. Yeah, we will give you uh, a laptop with internet access and <laughs> unlimited porn, <laughs> or a diet Pepsi, and I'm in the desert. Going Pepsi. <laughs> so you love, por- you love Pepsi that much? You take oh, Pepsi over? Hell porn? yeah, I take Pepsi over porn in a second. I live it. I don't need to see it. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> Pepsi's just there when I'm tired. You know? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so but we should do that with porn. Not kidding. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Just stop halfway. That's, actually, that's a that's a good that's a good thing. That I'll be right back. Honey. Hold if on. we got wait got weapons away from them yeah. just by guess sending them Pepsi. And so, we didn't have to send them a superior drink like Coke. Exactly. Fucking so win-win. This this trade was worth $3 billion worth of Pepsi. Oh. Oh. And it included 17 submarines, a cruiser, a frigate, and a destroyer. This what? is real. This is real. This gave Pepsi the sixth largest military in the world at the time. Wait, 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 wait. It went to Pepsi, not to yep. the American government? It went to Pepsi. And Pepsi. I knew those people were fucking monsters. What were they doing with this private <laughs> army? Don't fuck with us, man. Knew it. Don't fuck with us. <laughs> so Pepsi, for a brief everything. time, was more powerful than Coca-Cola, and they took the fleet and sold it to a Swedish company to be recycled. Later after this, the vice president of Pepsi joked that Pepsi was better at disarming the Soviets than the U.S. government. Wait. Oh, that's fair. But like, how Damn. can a private company buy... Billions of dollars worth of military equipment. Is there no oversight on this? I would only assume and that then it sell just it to another co- country. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. Fucking Pepsi. I knew, it, I, knew it, I knew that this story had to come out as negative towards Pepsi because I was like, man, they actually did something good. And come to find out, <laughs> they sent it to some other country and made tons yeah. of profit, which I got nothing against profit, but. Yeah, they disarmed Jer- like R- Russia just to make another Russia somewhere else. Where did they get? Who they send it to? Sweden. Oh, whatever they had well, to do Sweden to bring that aspartame back, I'm on board. It's, <laughs> it's thug lifestyle. I'm, we're one. We're good. So yeah, that's. Are there no international laws? That's like <laughs> they turn into a gun smuggler for exactly. a year. Yeah, it's insane. You, you do what you gotta submarines. do when you're fighting the big red guy. You know what I mean? 
I want to know like how many liters or how many ounces of Pepsi did that <laughs> did that cost us? <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it was they took a lot of Pepsi out of the American circulation, and for that, yeah, I salute for them. that they're heroes. Oh, I still yeah, would have exactly. got mine. <laughs> 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 I don't. I'll knock an old lady over. I don't care. <laughs> and in fairness, Coke is like everywhere, so they're selling to all kinds of bad regimes too. Oh yeah, and Dude, they're everywhere. They're probably I've doing some kind of world, weird trade shit too. How do you everywhere. sleep at night? Well, that's your job. It's like, what can we get uh, in exchange for our our soda? Because um, we are getting around international law that we can't make take money for it. Yeah. How is that a loophole? <laughs> fucking government, you're fucking up. I'm thinking I'm just going to chalk that up to some new street knowledge. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. If anything, we should be inspired. We've got to find out a way to monetize this this podcast. I'm like, look, hey, if you want it for free, just send us uh, some like blood diamonds or something. I don't hey, know. Hey, we're almost cashless. You got to have something, man. Yeah. Start coming up with just your plan. Don't send us Diet Pepsi because only one of us likes it. Can you imagine off-brand Diet Pepsi? Oh, my goodness. Like the Kroger brand Diet Cola? I'd rather be waterboarded. I I probably would, too, to be honest. I'm kind of a snob with that. Yeah. Dude, how can you be a snob with something that Diet Pepsi Uh, isn't that good? It's mostly chemical flavoring. Yeah, whatever. Listen, man. I came out of my first concert with my son. System went down. We ended up in the pit. It was hot as fuck. He was five years old. We were stuck. I got stuck in the parking lot because I'm an asshole for like an hour. <laughs> I'm dying, right? Didn't know that we inhaled some weed. It was the first time he got high. We ended up having cotton mouth. So I cooked and I forgot I put Pepsi in a cooler with ice before the concert. When I remembered that shit and I opened that cooler up and drank that ice cold fucking Pepsi, you know, hot, dude, there's, that was one of the happiest moments of my life. I will give you this. <laughs> there is a seriously... Something to be said for ha- like <coughs> having an unexpected cold drink whenever you didn't like you go to the refrigerator and mm-hmm. you just like you just mowed the lawn or you did like some kind of construction work and then you realize you had like ice cold uh, Coke uh, like an <laughs> mm-hmm. and it feels fantastic or like a cold uh, beer oh, on a hot day. I do have a mm-hmm. confession. I, I did drink a Coke the other day. How'd it feel? Uh, actually, because it came out of the Red Bull fridge in the kids' game room, that mm-hmm. fridge, dude, it's so fucking cold. It was good as fuck. But <laughs> exactly. I, I looked at it and I was like, I ain't switching. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I'm like, me and Pepsi, we came too far. I made too many memories, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, I will drop a, a soda or a beer in a heartbeat if something better comes out. There's no loyalty when it comes to flavor. Oh, oh no. it's not loyalty. It's addiction. I don't know what the shit they put in here, but I wake up. One of my first thought is <laughs> I have some shit in there. Let's be real. You don't No, I don't wake up. Us all. You know, I don't wake us all. <laughs> I don't wake up and think I want to make an omelet. That doesn't. No, man. First you thought, know, I don't wake up and say, hey, I'd like to kiss my kids. <laughs> so morning. wait, exactly. I don't wake up and say, I want to fuck my wife. I don't wake up and say I want to make the world a better place. No, I wake up and say I want to die at Pepsi. Before I start this shit, put today, that on a bumper sticker. Yeah, it's bad, man. I got one by the bed. It's yeah. That's worse oh than cigarette God. addiction. <laughs> yeah, probably for me it is. And I've slowed down. Believe me, I used to be way worse. Hey, I oh, said no, every addict, when, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I re- no, 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 Adam. 
when I remember when I came, when I went to visit Juan in 2011, it was just me and Juan for like 10 days. So like the first day we were there, Juan was like, we have to go to Walmart because I need Diet Pepsi. So we go to Walmart. I get some iced tea. I don't Juan remember this. Like, oh no, I remember this. Juan gets a 24 pack of Pepsi. Mm-hmm. So by the next day, we like hang out. We were up to like four o'clock in the morning, shooting pool, doing whatever. The next day comes along. We wake up, we get to the end of the day and Juan goes, I have to go get more Pepsi. And what? I was like, what? 12, and I hadn't had a any pack a day. And I was like, I hadn't had any. And he goes, look, and he had all the, and there was like three left. <laughs> Dude, I can't drink a lot of soda anymore. I, like, it's, I get like bloated or it's like, I feel like this like, this I'm already bloated. Sugar. <laughs> I just kind of feel it's like uh, filling in the cracks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, I drink a can of pop. That's one drink. A can for me, if it's Pepsi and it's cold, yeah. dude, that's one drink. I don't stop till that shit's empty. Actually, you know what? You're like you're like the Steve Jobs to Bill Gates because Bill Gates is like obsessed with Diet Coke and he drinks a ton mm-hmm. of Diet Coke. I did not know so that. Maybe you're maybe you're a genius. I I don't think so. <laughs> and I think what the. Uh, Warren Buffett, I think he just drinks Dr. Pepper like a real man. He does drink. Dr. I do Pepper, love the I pepper. I do have doctor out here. Yeah, I got doctor out here. You got the doctor? Yep. Dr. Pepper's okay. Coke is still my favorite. Oh, I can't yeah. I can't turn down like I it's hard for me to say no to Coke. It's just so good. I tell you what's really good, man. I was at A and W. We have one not too far from here, and you can buy it like out of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's shit. That's good. Oh my bad. He drinks Coke. Who does? Warren Buffett? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay. the, the two richest people in the world might be onto something. <laughs> they probably own like a ton of Coke stock, actually. Probably. And they're just constantly, they're I constantly should, man. getting filmed with it. I should get the discount like small like stores get. Like, you know, like a little store like Bodegas. I got it. We got to put down as much as they sell. <laughs> you know, that'd be a smart idea for any like big brand. Like, say, hey. We're gonna start having like a loyalty program for people who put out content that is pro Coke oh, or yeah. Pepsi. Like it's just yeah. micro micro advertisement. Well, here's how bad it is. We haven't returned bottles since the beginning of COVID. I have my truck. I could fill my truck probably three times with <laughs> with returnable bags. I shit you not. I have 55 <laughs> gallon bags out here for cans, and there's like eight of them right here outside the door. I'm a little cash poor, but I am bottle rich. <laughs> I know. Well, that's dude. Seriously, it's like if the gas tank gets low, it's like grab a couple bags, kids. <laughs> well, maybe you can trade all your empty bottles to some foreign country that's still taking them for some Pepsi. That would be a great. Have idea. you learned nothing from? No, now I've Russians? learned. I'm going to take your advice. You know what's going on here, though? Now everyone's putting all these posts on social media. Like, do you have cans laying around that you don't feel like you know returning? Because, yeah, shit, I don't feel like returning all this shit, but it's probably yeah, hundreds like of dollars, though, because our return oh, yeah. is 10 cents a can, man. Yeah. So, what? Yeah. Is that yeah. true? It is 10 yeah. cents a can. I, that's why I say I probably have like $300, $400 returnables out there. <laughs> yeah. But who wants that way. I have no shoulders. I got to like put my little minions to work. As soon as you my like a nice, you got a retirement plan. Well, as soon as my house. kids are tall enough to put the, the bottle in the machine, you're on duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember there was like a thing um, back in the day to where, or uh, not McDonald's, Walmart. You could if you brought like a a gallon, a milk gallon filled with like uh, drink tabs because there's just as much, I guess, like a 
strength or, or aluminum in that tab as there is in the entire can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like if you bring a milk carton uh, to Walmart, they would give you like 50 bucks. Wow. I never did it, but um, I wish they did that. That'd be so much easier. They might still do it. Might look I, into that. I'm never just right now. They those, got a thing where they're like put those kids to work. They only let me return up to $25 at a time. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I can go to the store every day for a month and probably almost do that. Like, <laughs> and I don't want to. So anyway, so people keep putting up all these posts where they're like, Hey, I need glasses or I have a medical bill. And then like people are like giving them their cans. Well, that's cool. They're helping people out. Well, a few of them got I mean, called out for be... scamming. Man, actually. Yeah, 10 cents a can, man. You don't find cans laying on the side of our highways. Oh, heck no. That's you. You should have like, you should rip all those can or tab. Wait, if it's can versus tab, that might be different. I was like, that'd be a good thing to give to homeless people. It's like, here, here's some stuff. But then they'll have to go bring it, drag it all to wherever they can recycle it never mind sounds like a bad idea i just want to give homeless people trash is what i'm saying <laughs> is that cool <laughs> i'm kidding god bless the homeless dude when i was homeless i would have took them shit free money just to luck just to suck the little droplets of pepsi off of them he like would his, it'd be like his dip like, he's like i have like you know six ounces after just draining all these bottles <laughs> why are there no cigarettes that taste good like that flavors. You it's should kind, be able to buy a it's diet kind of Pepsi like beer, cigarette. man. Beer doesn't taste good. You have, it's an acquired whoa, taste. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's an acquired taste. I don't think yeah, any. You, you ever give good. beer to like a six year old? No. No. Okay. Nor right. should, we're whoa. not delinquents. I've done it lots of times. And every time oh their face God. looks the same. We're still recording? Uh, I'm kidding. Going we're away still recording. I, no, I actually haven't done it, but I a picture that's. What oh, they would look now like. he's backpedaling. <laughs> I would not give. Yeah, we my thought Panzeram was a problem. Fucking, <laughs> I hardly drink shit. The Panzeram of Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> he's like that's why he's Detroit's going down. Diet you want Rustmus is bringing this city up. <laughs> God. Fucking Pepsi. Oh, so yeah. Man. That's that's all of the craziness for this week. Wow. Yeah, God. It was some, we He's went down sweating for <laughs> Oh, yeah. Definitely went down some weird rabbit holes today. That I apologize real- for anything insensitive. I said. <laughs> I'm not apologizing <laughs> for shit. <laughs> I was like a Pepsi person kind of thing to say. Yeah. yeah I guarantee I will fucking bet <laughs> stacks that Fred Durst is a Pepsi guy. <laughs> and Carl Panzerum was too. Oh, Garrett, yeah. Actually, absolutely. I do think Fred Durst did do a commercial for Pepsi way back in the day, though. <laughs> I rest my case. I'm not 100% on that, but I'm pretty sure he did. Wow. Know, they, they paid the most. They had all that military armory to sell. <laughs> that is a cool story, actually. Yeah. A lot of these stories, are, it's disappointing that they're not more well known because they. That, I mean, that was so crazy. That was like Mark made it up. And it was like a couple of them were like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, that one's definitely true. You can go fact check that for yourself. Pepsi See? did at one point have the sixth largest military, which is crazy. In the world? Yeah. That's just, oh, wow. Okay. What can America <laughs> buy by selling like our, 
our old military stuff. I'm sure we already do that. What am I talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. Oh, That was a dumb oh. statement, Radliff. <laughs> I'm limping to the finish, folks. Limping <laughs> to the finish. <laughs> what, is, what is Pepsi Smash? Pepsi's what? Pepsi Smash. Well, I've never even heard of that. That's the hip end of Pepsi. I don't, I don't delve down there with the kids. I, I, speaking of hip end of Pepsi, do you guys remember Pepsi Crystal? Mm. Was that Pepsi Crystal or Coke Crystal? Chris, it was, it no, was Crystal Pepsi. Pepsi. Crystal Pepsi. That was the clear was Pepsi, the clear horrible. cola back in the late 90s. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Pepsi Smash is a TV show? What? What? I've never even heard of it. How is one not, not too, on it? Well, apparently it's not yeah, too much of a smash. Running, it's still running since 2003. I wouldn't call that what? a smash. What? <laughs> what the fuck is this? WB Network. They still have a network? <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. What the, I, I, my mind is absolutely blown right now. Man, that was, oh, that was cold some, WB, man. That was cold. My. This is some kind of fake shit. <laughs> it sounds made up. When that frog guy Jessica, came out as like their mascot, the yeah, is, I was like, oh, that's a wrap. <laughs> but uh, the only reason I even heard that phrase was uh, there's some Limp biscuit quote from Fred Durst saying, we rocked CBS last night on Pepsi Smash. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Weird. Sorry for... We can just go ahead and delete this last five minutes. <laughs> well, no, let's, we'll be real. In, let's be real. This is what the listeners are here for. If at this point in time, Fred Durst is on the show, let's be real. It's not a smash. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's not your A-list anymore. No. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's just, if you could see his face, he's so just digging. I need to know yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, it's like a live performance oh, it sounds horrible. show. I hate those. There'll be no lip syncing. That's so we had, we you get to hear you uh, Fred Durst in the raw. Great. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, I guess this is a thing. I was bumping biscuit today in jazz car. I wonder. Huh? Okay, she was. Oh yeah, I knew you were blaming her. Whatever. <laughs> no, it's because she was sitting there and caught me. I had to come clean. <laughs> like I said, man, she pulled that gun. I, <laughs> oh, anyway alright everybody thank you for listening we'll see you all next week we bye are bye. old <laughs> coaching <laughs>